and we study the word and they will eventually get their credentials in the assemblies of God. Yes, praise God. Yes, and they will be preaching the gospel. Amen. And Pastor asked me several months ago if I would like to, if we would give them opportunity. He wanted to give them opportunity to preach or teach or present to you whatever they, whatever was on their heart. And so uh, we call it uh, Take 10 and uh, only Take 10. Matter of fact, everybody look back there. Everybody look back there on that back wall. What do you see? 10.00. It's going to start counting down. When I hand this microphone to Lee, it's going to start counting down. And when it reaches zero, I want everybody to go, stop! <laughs> you don't, he doesn't need introduction. He's been here longer than any of us. Okay? God bless you, man. God bless you all. Somebody called right before we came in to church and asked for prayer. And I told him we'd pray for him tonight. And a lot of us know them, Joe and Linda Goss. I guess they're going through some really hard times. Uh, Joe used to lead choir here. And uh, we miss him. So let us pray real quick for these, this couple. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you reach down and touch Joe and Linda. Lord, we know you can do what doctors can't, but we also know you put doctors here for a reason. We put them in your hands, giving you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, what I wanted to talk about tonight is you were made on purpose for a purpose. So you all need to find out what your pur purpose is. Have you answered your call or purpose for your life? Sometimes I feel a calling on my life, but I didn't answer it. Lord, you never give up on me. I give up on you. I put off your calling and answer my own. In my teenage years, I was called to be a missionary. I went up front in the church and was prayed for, but I didn't answer the call. Soon my worldly life took over and I went off track. I did what I wanted to do, but Lord, you did not give up on me. I was drafted for the Vietnam War, but didn't pass the physical. But a few years later, I joined the Air Force and they took care of my physical problem. My best scores for training were administration and electronics. So I thought that's what I'd get. My lowest score was mechanics. And guess what I got? Mechanics, where they needed me. So the Air Force needed mechanics, and that's where I went. I never dreamed to be a mechanic. I became a crew chief and flew many places in the world. But in the Air Force, I did find out God's promises and miracles were to be filled when his people follow him and are completely dedicated to living as he called them. We get into the Assemblies of God. My last assignment was in the Air Force, and that's where we got into the Assemblies of God. And God had a plan. At Scott Air Force Base in Southern Illinois, we tried other churches. Sometimes something drew us to the Assembly of God in Muscuda, Illinois. The people were friendly, 
real brothers and sisters in Christ, and even if they had this weird thing of speaking in tongues, we soon fell in love with the church and sought the gift of the Holy Spirit shown by speaking in tongues. I don't know how many times I went forward to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, but God had a plan. It was back in 1991, I ended up going on a Royal Ranger camp out. My son Adam, who now is a missionary to Africa, was in the program called the Royal Rangers. The outpost needed help with the boys. The name of the powwow was named the Ultimate Quest. So I decided to go to help out. I like camping, so I look forward to it. We set up camp. We were getting ready to go to the council fire. Everyone had to come. They spoke of God, and at the end of the service, invited those who have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit to come forward. Something told me to go forward. I argued and said to myself, look at how many times I have gone forward in church for this and didn't receive. I didn't realize at that time it was the Holy Spirit talking to me. Come, this is the time. Finally, I went forward. I don't know how long I was up there and who was praying for me. But all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit came upon me. And someone was speaking in tongues. That someone was me. <laughs> the Holy Spirit entered into me. I know why I'm having trouble. I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> I spoke in his language. And that is why I've been Royal Rangers for over 30 years. Now looking for a younger man to step up <laughs> and answer the call. Randall has made a big difference in my life. In our ministry class, he read, he had me read Galatians 22. Wow, did this hit home. I have read the Bible from generation, Genesis to Revelations many times, and never did this verse stick out to me. We were talking about sanctification. These big words I never heard of either. Salvation is not our last step. Sanctification changes our character in conduct. When God justifies us, he declares us our righteousness. When he sanctifies us, we become righteous. Justification puts into a right relationship with God, but sanctification shows us the fruit of the relationship with God. Sanctification is realized in the believer, that's us, by recognizing his identification with Christ in his death and resurrection. Two great aspects of sanctifications are, one, separated from sin or evil and dedicated to God. God's part in sanctification, God gave us his word, sent his son, and gives us his Holy Spirit. This is Galatians 2.20, a letter from Paul. Now this, I hope it touches you like it touched me. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives in me, 
I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is telling me we need to go to the cross and crucify ourselves with Jesus. Crucify our sins and no longer live in sin, but live in Christ. He will guide what I am to do and always be there to help me. If you are wondering what to do, I tell you, come to the cross and listen to the Holy Spirit, and he will guide you what you should do. Amen. That was so good. Amen. Talks about something we don't talk about very often, sanctification. I'm crucified with Christ. Now, what, what, a, what a declaration. Our next speaker is Russell Wilson. It's not really Russell, but... Somehow in class, I, I got Russell in my mind, so now I call him Russell all the time. It's really Larry Wilson. But we are glad he's in the class. He, he's teaching. He's uh, going to become a credential minister to become a teacher in some aspect. So y'all get with him and, and uh, just let him bless you. Thank you. Good evening. <clears throat> I had uh, prayed and was seeking the Lord on what to talk about tonight, and uh, I had something in mind, something that I really like, and I was going to talk about tithing, because I think that's really important. But last Sunday, the Lord changed uh, my direction. Um, like Randall said, um, I'm in his class, and right now we're studying theology. Um, this is my first year in doing anything like this since I got saved. I got saved late in life, in my 40s. And um, the very first thing that I did, that the Lord did for me, was take me to Bible study. And um, I, I grew up in the Catholic faith. Um, I'd never been to a real church. And uh, I ended up in a Pentecostal church. And that's where I met my wife. And uh, it was a completely different lifestyle than I had, I had before. I was running with motorcycle people and all that. Um, but the thing that I got involved with right away was CBS Bible study. So for the last 26 years, I've been doing CBS Bible study, which I really love. Now this year, I feel like I'm advancing, being in Randall's class and and really learning deep, deep uh, subjects of God. And uh, Sunday, we had a quiz, and I blew it really bad. In fact, it was a second quiz on the same subject, and before I did fairly well, this time, I just drew a total blank. So... I think the Lord would have me speak on that because it really applies to all of us here. This is a wonderful church full of wonderful people. And, I mean, it's insanely awesome. 
But what we had a quiz on and what we studied was the doctrines of the assemblies of God. And I don't know if you've read through this or not, but these brochures are out there for everyone to take. I think they're out there. I know they're out there in Spanish. Um, but I decided I'm going to review these. I have my quiet time every morning, my prayer time, and, and I'm going to start going over these each, each and every day. And I'd like to go over a couple of them with you right now. And because they're important, this is what we as the church believe in, and this is what we need to convey to people that we meet, and, and this is how we should live our life. And the first one is that the Bible is inspired. I think we all believe, and I hope we all believe, that the scriptures in the Bible, all of them, are verbally inspired of God. Second Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and therefore infallible and authoritative. It says that this scripture is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The Bible has been written by men inspired directly from God. This is the God that created the universe. He created all life. I mean, if you really think about it, God has given us his book. This is from God. It's like, it's not like it's the president or the governor or some man. This is the person, the God that created everything. The second doctrine is there is one true God. This tags along with the first doctrinal statement that God has provided us this book. And in it, it tells there is only one God. He created heaven and earth. Genesis 1.1 states that in the beginning. God was there. He created the heavens and the earth. He created all life. God reveals himself in Deuteronomy 6.4. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And in Matthew 28.19 it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, showing that God consists of three persons, that is the Trinity. Be careful of all false, false doctrine that's going around. These are the end times. Make no um, mistake about it. The devil's in, he knows he's in the last days, and he's working through deception. And there's a lot of religious philosophies, and I, I encounter this with family members who they think are spiritual, and they're following this or that, and they parallel this book. There's religions that actually use this book, but they tell you, well, there's a couple things in here that are wrong, and, and they substitute their own, their own ideas, their, their own philosophies. So in the last days, not only do we need to be careful of that, we need to be watching out for loved ones, for family members who are involved in this. And we really need to study the word and study what's going on so that we can counteract that. 
the last thing anyone wants to see is their family members not making it to heaven. And it's really up to us, not only to keep them in prayer, to be aware of all the things that are going on, and be able to counteract that. We counteract that with the word of God. And, and we really need to study that. The third doctrinal statement, and this also rolls into what I just talked about, is the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is fully God. He, he's not Satan's brother, which, no, there's religions that say that. They say that he's a created being. The fastest growing religion in the world today says that um, Jesus is just a man. And, and that's not true. Jesus is our personal Savior. He's the eternal Son of God. He came to earth in human form, and the Scriptures show this clearly. That's why it's important to read the Scriptures. Matthew 123 and Luke 131 tells of his virgin birth. Hebrews and 1 Peter tells of his sinless life. Acts tells of his miracles. And the most important thing is in Corinthians, 1 and 2 Corinthians, it tells of his substitutionary work on the cross. That gave us eternal life through forgiveness of sins. That is important, and it's important to convey that to other people. It's really important. It's, it's not we're just following this and we're going to this church or that. No, it's all about Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. He sits at the right hand of God. He sacrificed his life and paid our penalty for sin. That has to be conveyed to those you witness to. The fourth doctrinal statement is the fall of man is a result of sin. In that, the entire world changed. Sin corrupted the world. It's important to relate that. But the fifth doctrinal statement talks about the salvation of man. God offers salvation through his son. This is the most important concept to convey to people. They have salvation. It's available to them. And we all need to learn how to talk someone through that to help them to understand and come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. The sixth statement talks about the ordinances of the church, baptism and water, holy communion. The seventh statement talks about, just like what Lee said, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need that power. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And the eighth statement is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. We speak in tongues and we pray in tongues because the Spirit prays through us, for us, because sometimes we don't know how to pray. So we pray in the Spirit. And again, the ninth doctrinal statement, Lee touched on that too, sanctification. And like he said, it's an act of separation from that which is evil and dedication unto God. Romans 12, 1 and 2 and 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. That's my time. Thank you.
appreciate Pastor Mike in allowing us to have that class. And we have eight students going for credentials, eight students that are going to be preachers and teachers of the gospel. Praise God. And we have seven students who are just attending for enrichment. They are dedicating their time, their money, their, their resources, their, especially their time to come to class a couple of times a month, a couple of times a month for six hours. And we really appreciate them doing that. We appreciate you for supporting us, but most of all, we appreciate him. Him. Amen. We appreciate him. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be your Barnabas tonight. How many of you know what Barnabas was? He was the encourager. Yes, Barnabas was the encourager. That's what his name means. That's what I want to be your tonight. I want to be your Barnabas. I want to encourage you tonight. Uh, the scripture that I'm going to use tonight is Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Uh, Y'all don't mind if I get comfortable, do you? Okay. I had to dress up because I was preaching, but now I can, you know, kind of relax. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Y'all throw that up there. A great man many years ago was making a great speech, and he made a great statement. And he said, if you cannot fly, then walk. If you cannot walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, do not ever stop. Anybody know who said that? Martin Luther King. During his great statement, I have a dream. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. The weight that the author of Hebrews is talking about is what we would call baggage. Anybody here carrying any baggage around with them? Yeah, we all carry baggage. Our past is our baggage. Our fear of the future can be our baggage. Fear of the present, fear to live for Christ can be baggage. But it's mainly the past failures that we carry around with us all the time. The Lord says, I don't know why you carry that around. I've even forgotten they exist. He said, they do not exist in my, in my world. Why do you allow the enemy to keep bringing them up to you? And yet we do allow him to. Our failures, our past makes us worry about the future. This first thing says, lay that down. Are you with me? Are you listening to me? Are you listening to what the word says? The author says, lay that baggage down. Quit trying to carry it around. It's not yours anymore. It belongs to him. You, when you surrender to him, he took your baggage. Amen? Amen. Don't try to carry it around. It will drag you down. It will get you so defeated that you cannot pursue Christ. The second thing is, it says, lay aside every sin. The sin there is harmaltia, and it is the sin that is missing the mark. How many of you miss the mark every day? Yes. 
Well, I have a whole bunch of liars here and a few truthful people. You just missed the mark. You lied. We all missed the mark. We know the mark. We know the goal. We know the right way to live. Paul says, I know what to do, but my flesh keeps getting in my way. But there is a freedom that is also living in me, and it's the life that the Spirit brings to me, and that life overcomes, and it gets rid of the baggage that I try to keep carrying around. He says, I crucify the flesh daily. That means I put the baggage down. Just put it down. Just put it down. I want you to put it down. Take that baggage and put it down. I hope you remember this in the morning when you wake up. Put it down. Put it down. Lay, lay aside every sin. That is the besetting sin. The devil knows your weaknesses. He cannot read your mind. He does not know what's in your heart. He cannot, he cannot uh, possess you, but he can oppress you. And he has been around long enough to know how humans think and act. And he knows that we all miss the mark daily. And so he doesn't, he doesn't even care what it is that you've done. He knows that you've missed the mark. And he knows how to use that against you. What he says is, you will never get past that. He's a what? He's a what? Liar. Come on, he's a what? Liar. Not only is he a liar, he's a defeated liar. He's a what? He's a defeated liar. Amen. So quit listening to that liar. Listen to the man who speaks truth. I have set you free. I will keep you free. Amen. The third thing is run with patience. I tell you, a couple of weeks ago, my daughter asked me to go on a little trip with her. And uh, it was to, uh, what's it called? Mission Tejas? Mission Tejas. And they have a run down there. How many of you like to run? You like to get out there and run? <laughs> no, no, not one. Not one person. One person likes to run. Wow, you're in the Navy, you don't like to run? You're in trouble. But she said, go with me to Mission Tejas, I'm going to do a run. And I said, okay, that would be cool, I've got the time, and me and Jonathan go down there and we'll watch you run. Well, I've, I've watched her run 5Ks, 10Ks. I even watched her, watched, I watched her run a Marine Corps marathon, 25 miles. 25 miles, that was a long time ago. And she said, go, come, come. And, and so we got, we got two or three tents. We got three or four sleeping bags. We got about 14 blankets because I'm an old man. And I don't sleep on hard things anymore. We got all kinds of food and nutrients and water and Gatorade and everything. And we went on to Mission Tales. We got up on this hill. And on this hill is where everybody, as they run the loop, the five-mile loop, they come up on this hill. When you leave it, you go down in the valley, you go up the hill, and it's up and down, and it's, the path is about six feet wide, and it's full, I mean full of tree roots. 
So it's very uneven. And I saw many, many people come up on that hill just scrape from head to toe. I mean, just bleeding. She was one of them. And uh, so uh, they, they come on. So that's where we're sitting. Jonathan and I, we're sitting up on the hill drinking our Kool-Aid and eating our snacks and stuff and watching these people come over the hill and just straggle up. And um, so th they started at before the sun ever come up. They started in the dark. They had to have headlights to see where they were running. I go, these people are crazy. I mean, they are really crazy. Who does this kind of thing? I mean, would you do this thing to travel that far, to spend that kind of money, to spend the night in a tent, in a hot, yucky tent, get up old dark 30 and start running in the dark? Sound like a Marine. Yeah. So they started at before the light came out, and they ran all day long. Hundreds of them ran all day long. We watched them come up to the hill. We watched them sit down in the, you know, whatever, and re replenish whatever. We'd watch them come up. They'd come up limping because they'd fallen over a root, or they'd come up with the scar and the blood on their face and their ear. I mean, just, we just watched this all day long, and I'm saying, God, these people are crazy. I, I saw one woman come up there who was nursing her child. She was running this race, and she got to the top of a hill, and they had a little place set aside, you know, kind of off to the side. And she sat down and started nursing her child. I go, that, that is dedication. That is idiocy or dedication, one of the two. You know what I'm saying? I mean, these people, are, they flipped out. They're crazy. Yeah, I'm talking about you. And we watched her come up and run and sit, and I watched her suffer and and I know her past. I know what kind of physical ailments that she has and things that she's dealing with. And I watched her come up on that hill, and she had said they'll start resting, and she replenished her stuff and everything. Eight hours and 45 minutes is how long her, it took her to run that 50K. You know how far 50K is? 31 miles. 31 miles, Dennis. Let's go, buddy. Ain't no way. I had a hard time climbing up the hill to sit down on the chair, much less run the 31 miles. And I watched her and I watched all the mothers suffer through and work through the pain and the suffering and the distractions and oh, all this stuff. And they would finally come just, just barely limping up and getting over the, 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 victory line or the finish line and I watched my daughter do that and I thought what dedication what commitment Lord make me as committed to run my race for you as she has for that 50k amen run with patience your race don't try to run someone else's race don't try to run their, their stride or their pace. You have your own pace. That's important. Your pace will keep you through, will take you all the way through. But if you try to run someone else's pace, it will not work. You will not make it. Run with patience, with endurance. Do not stop. 
doesn't matter what happens. doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter what your flesh says. You know about working through the pain. How many of you had to work through the pain? If you haven't had to in your Christian walk, you will sooner or later have to work through the pain. Something will come into your life so devastating, so horrifying, so traumatic that you say, Lord, I can't make it through this. I, I don't have what it takes to get through this. And he'll say, you're right, you don't, but I do. Come on now. I do. I have what it takes. And if you'll, if you'll get in me, then we can make this together. Amen. Amen. Consider him. Or look into Jesus. That's the key to perseverance. Keeping your eye on Jesus. Consider him. What does that mean, consider him? That means do what these students are doing. You get into the word and you study about Jesus. You're getting your credentials, but you're studying the word of God. So that you can be, that you can be thoroughly furnished into every good work. You learn about Jesus. They don't come to class just to study. They come to learn about Jesus. We realize in that class that we are there for one purpose, and that is to glorify Jesus Christ, to live for him, to learn more about him, to preach his gospel, to do what he's told us to do, to go out into the world and change the world like he did. We are there for him. Amen. We're not there just to learn a bunch of stuff. We're there to learn about Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. You better pray that these students want to learn about Jesus because they are the next generation of preachers and teachers in the assemblies of God. Amen. How did Jesus do what he did? I mean, I, I, I have a hard time understanding what she sacrificed to do that run. But when I look at Jesus Christ and try to consider what he did to complete his race, I cannot, I cannot understand that. I can't, I can't, I can't understand that. He gave up his glory. He gave up his glory and put on a human body and came down to this ragged world and live amongst us for 33 years and put up with a bunch of ragtag guys for three years. Teaching them, showing them, this is what I want you to do. Now go out and do it. Change the world for me. Tell them about me. Don't tell them about you. Don't tell them about the Jewish law. Tell them about me. Paul told Timothy, preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. Preach the word. That's what I tell the students. Preach the word. Learn all you can. But when, you, when it comes down to it, preach the word. Preach Jesus Christ. Because he's the life changer. He's the world changer. How did he do what he did? It says, for the joy set before him. The joy. What joy? What joy was set before Christ? The redemption of mankind. Oh, that's just a small thing. That's just a minor thing. That is the major of major things. How could Christ endure what he endured? He could see the Father says, I am pleased with you, my son, because you have done what you've done. I can now do what I need to do, and I can reconcile humanity. Oh, come on. I can reconcile humanity 
back to me where they belong. I can forgive their sins. I can wash them clean. I can fill them with my spirit. I can use them for my glory. And one of these days, my son, I'm going to tell you to go back there and gather every one of those who have accepted you as their Savior, and you will bring them to our home, and we will live together forever. That's the joy. That's the joy. You know what she got when she crossed that line? There was a few people there clapping, six or seven, me and Jonathan. We were yoo-hooing. And then she got a little memento, a little memento. You ran this race. And I thought that was an awful lot of sacrifice for such a small memento. But when we look at Jesus and what he did, that is not a small memento. That is, that is your hope. That is your redemption. That is your healing. That is your, that is your everything. That is your eternity because of what Jesus did. Persevere means, persevere means to persist in or remain constant to a purpose, idea, or task in the face of obstacles or discouragement. I want to share with you one, uh, what time is it? What time is it? Ten minutes till? I'll take his ten till. He said ten till. Perseverance. The Bible talks a lot about perseverance. Her son, their son, joined the Marine Corps seven, eight months ago, nine months ago, right? Two years ago? Oh, my God, it's been that long. Seven or eight months ago. Two years ago. Good Lord, have mercy how time flies. Yeah. I turned 73 yesterday. Okay, that's enough. But he, I remember him being at the altar before he left, and he was praying. I know what he was praying to. Oh, my God, what have I done? What have I been thinking? What am I doing? I don't want to go. That's what he was praying. Lord, help me. I know. Come, Lord Jesus. Let the rapture happen right now. Take me to heaven so I don't have to go through. And when he got there, he learned what Randall was trying to tell him for the months beforehand, that it was a world that he never experienced before, didn't he? He wrote home to Mama, oh, I don't want to be here. <laughs> I can't do this. And she would write back and say, yes, you can, darling. Yes, you can, honey. You can do this. You can do this. With God's help, you can do this. And so he went through most of boot camp. Then they come to what they call the crucible. You know what a crucible is? It is where you heat up something very, very hot. The crucible. And it is the last test they have to take. And they are tested to the max. Mentally, uh, physically, they have tests to them. And if you pass that, then you are considered to be a Marine. So I was in Marine Corps boot camp back in 1969. This is way back before they had the crucible. This is when DIs were... They were demons from hell. The drill instructors, or they were, they were, they were demons right from hell. We could tell they were. They were so, so mean and so evil. And we were out running one day, and we're talking about perseverance, okay? And we was out running one day. We ran every day. 
every day in boot camp, 13 weeks. We ran every day. We ran many miles every day. And you think we get used to it. Well, this one specific day, we were doing a, a double time, a run. We had run for quite a while. And I'd come to the place where I had, I had expended all the energy I had. And I kept telling myself, you don't want to fall out. You've seen what happens to those guys that fall out. You do not want to fall out. I mean, you can die. That'd be better for you than falling out because they will take you behind the hut and they'll beat you stupid. And that's what they did back in 69. And I said, don't. But I got to the place, Dennis, where I could not, I could not get my feet to move anymore. I was beyond exhausted. I was, I was past my limit of endurance. And in my mind, I said, the next step I take, the next step I take is going to be out of the formation. And I told myself, and I knew that I was going to fall out, and I knew the repercussions that was going to happen, but I couldn't help it. I had reached the end of my endurance. Let me tell you something. When you think that you've reached the end of your endurance, someone is going to step in and help you. No? You don't believe that? You've been there? You've reached the end of your endurance and you think, I can't, I'm going to step out and, and something happens? Well, at, de- at that precise moment, when they want you to run, they call double time, okay? Double time, huh, and you start running. Well, when they want you to stop running and they want you to start walking, they go, quick time, right? That's the command of, of preparation and the command of execution is March. Quick time, march. So you're running, you're running, you're running, you're running. Oh, oh God, I can't do this. I'm, I've gone as far as I can go. I'm, I've got, I'm going to step out. And just as I go to step out, he goes, quick time. I mean, as my foot went out, that DI said, quick time. And my foot goes, hmm? <laughs> march. And we started walking. And I thought, oh, my God, that was close. I mean, that was close. That was real close. And I have always remembered that moment in my mind. And God has always reminded me, Randall, there will be many times in your race with me that you will come to the place of utter exhaustion and you have reached your limit physically, mentally, spiritually, and you will think in your mind, I'm done. I have to stop. And it's at that very moment that my Holy Ghost is going to move in and, ch- and change things. He's going to change things. Amen? going to change things. Amen. We have another young man that's going to boot camp. I think it's Sunday. This Sunday, going to Marine Corps boot camp. Pray for him. Pray for all of our military women and men. Their life is not normal. It's not normal. Because they could be called upon just like that and say, it's your time to go. It's your time to go, get your weapon, get your vest, get your gas mask, get your stuff, and we're going to go into battle. It could happen that quickly. You don't have to deal with that. So we need to pray for them that they would be ready and that when they reach the end of their endurance that we who love them will pray continuously Holy Spirit step in 
Holy Spirit, step in and help them complete that race. Amen. Father, we come to you tonight and we thank you for your word that teaches us that we can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth us. We understand, Lord, that without you, for truth, without you, Jesus, we can do nothing. We cannot do anything. But with you, hallelujah, with you, we can do all things. There is nothing that God has called us to do that we cannot do with Christ. It doesn't matter what the obstacle is. It doesn't matter how high the hill or low the valley or, or all the obstacles that's trying to trip us up and hurt us. We are able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we think or ask what we can do. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, tonight to realize that we can be we can be persevering Christians and that we need to pray for one another because other people are going through situations that need our prayers to help them persevere. Stand with me tonight. Stand with me tonight. If you have, oh yeah, we have an offering, right? We take up offering. We get your money at the end. Yeah. Uh, so get ready. We're going to take all of your money. All of the money in your pocket. Yeah. We take checks, Visa, MasterCard. We don't take Chase. But we need to pray for one another. Paul said pray for one another. Lift. He said esteem others more than you esteem yourselves. God knows the race you're in. He knows how many steps in that race. He knows the limit of your endurance. And his Strength is made perfect in our weakness. Amen. Amen. Thank God for that. Amen. All right. Do you, are you going to persevere? Yes, ma'am. Yes, there has. quick farts exactly thank you for bringing that up I tell you we're talking about perseverance they are going to go through some tough times the the SUV plowing through the Christmas parade people that kill those people they're going to need some help to persevere through that amen amen so let's let's pray any anybody else that you know right now that are having tough times to persevere, yes. Louder. Your mom. Okay. Yes, sir. I can't hear you. Ray Pratt. What about him? In on when he's on a trip. Is he in the hospital or no? He's okay. How quickly it can happen, amen. Pardon me? Haley. Haley. Yeah, is she home? Praise God. 
That's a miracle. That is a miracle. But she's going to need a lot of love and a lot of prayer to persevere through that, on that journey. We don't have any idea what she's going to have to go through. Yes, ma'am. Okay, good deal. Her brother's back home. She's having a heart problem. Amen. Anybody else have a, a need? Say again. Brother Lee needs prayer? From what I heard tonight, he doesn't need no prayer. That boy got up here and preached the word, didn't he? Amen. I felt more sanctified when he got through. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Found out he has leukemia, and he's had his first bouts of chemo, and he's home for three, four days until he has to go back in for three, for five days. Okay. Be praying about that. Amen. God is able, isn't he? He is the healer. Who said that? God is the healer. He said, "I am the Lord." that healeth thee. Amen. And he can heal that broken heart. He can comfort them in ways that we can't imagine. Amen. Those people who are dealing with death and, and you know, that's, that's tough stuff. That's tough stuff. Yes. 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 Yes, we thank you for hearing our prayers. Praise God. Yes, ma'am. And who is this? My stepson's mom. Your stepson's mom has a brain tumor. That's a serious prayer request. These are all serious prayer requests, aren't they? Yes, sir. Yes, he did. He sure did. Yesterday morning or this morning. Yeah, just out of the wild blue. COVID pneumonia. It's still around. Yeah. Do what? Yeah, that new strand. Anything else? Anybody else? Anything on your mar on your mind? Thank you for hearing our prayers. We thank him for hearing our prayers. Where will we be? You know, when your son was at boot camp and he was going through that, he was thankful for a mama that he could contact and a daddy that he could contact and say, Mom, pray for me. And he knew that you'd be praying for him, that you'd be calling upon the Almighty to God, reach his arm all the way out to San Diego and touch your son. And that's the way we do it. We pray for one another. We pray for God Almighty to reach his hand wherever it needs to go and touch however that he needs to touch people. Amen. There's nothing impossible for God. To him that believeth, all things are possible. Hallelujah. Thank you for hearing our prayers, O oh Father. Yes. Any other prayer requests? So, Father. Okay. 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 I doubt that there's a person here who doesn't know someone or have someone that's not going through something. And this message is for them. 
It's like Larry said, we need to engage them with the truth and help them not just know the truth, but engage them with the truth so that they can make it. Amen. 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 Praise God. So, Father, Kolo Bashatala, Roshina Lamona, Makanda Labi, Brasoto, Ikatalmosanai. We thank you for hearing our prayers. We are so needy, Lord. We are in this earth and we are so frail and so fragile and so weak, Lord. We need you, Lord Jesus. We need your strength. We need your power, your authority. We need the Holy Ghost resident in us to strengthen us, Lord, that we might have the authority and power that we need to do the things in this world, Lord. We pray for each one of these requests that you would reach out your hand. Oh, hallelujah. Reach out your holy hand, Lord, with that holy touch and touch that person whoever it is wherever they are whatever they need and let that power of almighty god touch them intervene in their situation and turn that thing around glory to god glory to god halobashatalabai Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I really want everyone in here to hear this. When you don't know what to pray, all you got to do is say his name. That's what he told me the other day. He said, if you don't know what to pray, just say my name. The power that's in that will do exactly what it's supposed to do. Amen. 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 In the name of Jesus. Pray in my name. Whatever you ask, come on now. Whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it for him. Do it for him. Thank you for hearing our prayers tonight, Lord. Amen. Amen. So we are going to pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. God can turn things around. He can take that which the devil meant for evil and turn it for good. I'm telling you, there's nothing God cannot do. And God has a plan. Who said that? He, Lee said that. But God had a plan. You may look at the world and go, I told my wife this morning, I said, our world is in such a mess. And my wife said, where evil doth abound, grace does much more abound. Woo! Hallelujah! The devil may think he's having his way, but one of these days, God's going to say, I'm going to have my last word, and my last word is, go get my church! Go get my church! Hallelujah! You better stop it. You better stop it. We'll be here a long time, because I'm feeling his presence right now. I, I think the Holy Ghost is... I think, he just, I just think he just loves to stir things up, don't you? Yeah, we get up there, we try to do something, and he goes, ah, just hurry up and be quiet. Just hurry up and get through your thing so I, can, so I can do something. So I can do something. Thank you for hearing our prayers. And you're standing there. I guarantee you, you're standing there, and you're saying to yourself, I wish I was bold enough to raise my hand and ask them to pray for me. Or my family. So that's who we're praying for right now. All of you who are too shy to raise your hand, we're going to pray for you.
And you know what we're going to do? You know what we're going to We're going to ask God to send the Holy Ghost presence to snuggle up real close to you and say, even though you're too shy to talk to me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you because I love my people. I love my people. Oh, Jila Boshatalamai. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would touch every person here tonight, every single person, every single situation, every impossible thing, Lord, and intervene and turn it around for your glory, Lord, to show the world that there is a true living God and you are the most powerful existence. Praise God. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your blessings. We pray that you'd bless the people that are going to give tonight. Bless those people that don't give and help them to give the next time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. If you have an offering, give it to the men in the back. And uh, we appreciate you and have a great week. And thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers.